I am Bob McDonald, and this is part two of our post-preview week uh, wrap-up. So joining me instead of Matt Dudek, who you normally would find on Twitter at Horizon Matt, is John Parker. Hey, Bob. How's it going? Seems like we just did this. Oh, wait. <laughs> we literally just did. <laughs> I was going to keep up the... Uh... The mystery and say i definitely had a whole day pass before i did this again yeah we totally did that so john you can find on twitter at horizon john you can pull us up on twitter as well at horizon rt you can pull us up on the web at horizonroundtable.com and be sure to pull us up wherever podcasts are found uh we also have blake schumacher on here as well joining us how's it going everybody all right, yeah. and uh, B Shoe at B Schumacher RT is where you can find him on Twitter. So let's go ahead and uh, since uh, we spent most of the time most of the first ep first part of this uh, wrap up uh, talking about the top five teams, let's just jump into Detroit Mercy and Antoine Davis, who no brainer for our pick to be Player of the Year again. Yep, unanimous, um, unanimous Player of the Year pick. Um, with a rotating cast of characters around him, so yes, he does. Just um, continuously rotating. Yeah, yep. no kidding. Yeah, yeah, I, and, I, yeah. Because uh, because Carrick was out, the uh, Carrick Jones was uh, not able to write the preview. Get I had to write the preview, so I had to figure all this stuff out. <laughs> like, who the hell are you guys? <laughs> I learned real quick who they were. <laughs> so. So as I'm looking, as I've been, as I was looking, obviously, Antoine Davis is, you know, his goal is, you know, I, well, I think his goal is to win. Can they do it? Um, yeah. He'll he'll probably just happen to become the Horizon League's all-time leading scorer along the way. <laughs> he's probably going to, he's going to do that before. Yeah, I, if I, if he averages what he's averaged as a, it, it, over the course of his career, he will probably pass up Alfred Hughes. I want to say maybe – I want to say probably during that first weekend of December. I might have to – I may have to eyeball that a little better. But, yeah, it's definitely looking like that first weekend of Horizon League play, he may actually uh, set the record. Um, I'm sure that they would uh, – I'm sure that Detroit Mercy would love to have him set it at home. Yeah, right. <laughs> no guarantees, but that may be the case. Um, and then he's going to have to get to Pete Maravich, though, he's going to he'd have to do a lot of work because he'd have to he's, he'd have to <laughs> he'd have to average probably a tick under 29 a game to get to that point. But you are <laughs> correct, because um, in doing this preview, I had to figure out who all these other guys around him are. So my assessment essentially is that a lot of guys who were former, you know, three star, four star recruits in high school went to their respective schools, didn't get a lot of run. This is the opportunity for them to do that. So you know how we keep uh, – it seems like every year this has been the case for them because, you know, last year Madhu Dakech kind of came out of nowhere. Um, yeah. Bull Cool also kind of came out of nowhere. I yep. think that's oh, what absolutely. we're going to – I think that's what we're going to end up with this year with them. Yeah, and, um, and I think the big thing for them, and I think, and yeah, I mean, they got basically, I projected at least five, four guys who were not even, were not on this roster last year. You know, I have, I, on top of uh, Antoine Davis, um, you got Jaden Stone, um, 
who, by the way, uh, is an Australian not Maduja catch, um, a whack transfer like Bull Cool. So, hey, yeah. Um, and I think, if I'm not mistaken, I think um, Mike Davis oh. has projected him to be kind of the one's running point as opposed to Antoine, so Antoine can spend more time playing off the ball, which, you know, he's super dangerous in doing. Yeah. Uh, so we have that. The other thing, too, with the Detroit, was kind of the, the lineup that they are getting. It's a lot, it's a bigger lineup because they're going to bring in Arashima Parks, who is another, uh, you know, a 6'9 guy from Temple. We got Gerald Liddell, a top 50 guy who went to Texas, then went to Alabama State. He's here now. And then Demezi Anderson, who was at uh, who was at Loyola before, and he was like the number two recruit in Indiana. So he spent he spent like what was it? I think a year or two in Indiana. Then he went to Loyola and he played four games. Yeah, four whole um, games. So he's yeah, got so, so a lot of guys who, guys who have something to prove. Definitely. Definitely. Yeah, they're always the team where the other team besides Northern Kentucky, where I'm looking at the transfers and I'm like. Okay, on paper, this guy and this guy make sense. Only they'll have a completely, I mean, Bull Cool, I'm, I'm in New Mexico. I'm in WAC country. I didn't see that coming. <laughs> um, see? Yeah, I mean. It's, it's amazing how Mike Davis has been able to find these guys. And then he'll get, you know, the, the big name hyped up guy who won't pan out. Um, so hopefully for Gerald Liddell's sake that's not the case this year um who was but, it last year i can't even remember uh dj harvey who i mean was a good player but not yeah he averaged 10 points a game as a freshman at notre dame and then nine points a game as a senior at detroit mercy and then went and it apparently put his name in for the draft like okay fair enough didn't get oh. drafted i'm sure he's playing pro it somewhere would be my guess He's probably just done playing college. Yeah. yeah. Well, we also had Jordan Phillips, and I, I, I swear I thought maybe it's because Carrick mentioned him so Carrick Jones mentioned him so many times that he played didn't play anywhere near as much as I thought he did last year. <laughs> uh, yeah, he got injured. Three games. He played three games. I thought it was more than that. Apparently, I was horribly, horribly wrong. So he's actually back and healthy this season. And then you also have Boy Coco, who was out for some time too. He's actually in too, and that's going to be big for them because they because uh, they don't have Willie Siani in the middle anymore. They don't have Mohamed uh, Silla there anymore. So Coca is going to be the guy off the bench to give him a lot of size. Um, and then of course there's T.J. Moss, um, who Nick Lawrenson, of course, uh, who wrote the IUPUI preview and happens to just so happens to uh, go to school at South Carolina and knows a little bit about. Um, yep. So I suspect he'll be another guy we see off the bench as well. So to your point, getting these guys all on the same page is obviously the most important thing Mike Davis is going to do. The second most important thing, which has always been the case within the Mike Davis area era, is can these guys stay healthy? And yep. that has been a major problem with Detroit Mercy the, for, for the entire time that Mike Davis has been there. Because last year they got hit with injuries, the year before they got hit with injuries, and it really messed them up. Mm-hmm. I mean, at certain points of time last season, had they had a full, com- had they had that full complement that actually did very well in stretches 
especially during the conference season, they would have uh, they would have finished a lot higher in the in that super like I mean we were having a conversation about them potentially you know if a lot of things happened all at the same time which no which obviously didn't that they could have potentially had a much higher seed in the tournament. Yeah. Obviously that didn't pan out and had they had that option had they had that able had they were able to do that they probably would have been so this will be the year for them to do that. And it'll be the last opportunity with uh, Antoine on the count, uh, Antoine in the rotation. Mm-hmm. I was going to say it's this year or bust. Exactly. Yep. Absolutely. It, it really is. It seems like it, this seems like a. I this is, seems to me like Mike Davis going all in for this season, do or die. Got to get this done. I'm sure it has absolutely nothing to do with the fact that, as Dan Hasty mentioned last episode. Uh, or the during the media forum, this happens to be Mike Davis's final year of his contract. Sure, has nothing to do with that. I think. I mean, I don't know. I have a feeling there's going to be a changing of the guard, um, especially if they finish sixth the way we have them projected. Um, I think. The thing is, though, it's not really going to be their fault because they have so many, so many really talented teams in front of them. With it being a, even with it being a contract year, even if yeah. they do really, really well, if his kid's gone, he might just want to go get paid about the same amount of money somewhere else to go be an assistant or something. Um, it, it, obviously, don't know, have any inside sources or anything, but I think the fact that He's kind of in a lame duck year while Antoine is a senior uh, in his final year. Um, I think there may be that changing of the guard. Well, I mean, there's obviously been speculation. I mean, they have a new, you know, Detroit Mercy has a new president. I mean, we've heard different things about Robert Vowles, whether or not he's going to be AD for much longer. Uh, and it, yeah, it could just be. Still, I mean, let the net, you know, let, let the chips fall as they may, out. I guess. But yeah, I think I, the way that this is set up, he's got the, he's, the way he's got this roster set up, he's got this roster set up in win now mode. Makes sense to me. Yep. Whether that happens or not is going to depend on how they do against these, you know, these these top up these top teams. It's absolutely going to come down to that. You know, when was the last time Detroit Mercy took home a title? Uh, uh, that would have been, I want to say, 2012? I think it was. Well, they took home, they, they won the tournament. They were the two seed, but I mean, yeah. enough. Um, that as was far as, outright t- as far as uh, regular season title, yeah, it's been a while. <laughs> I think that's the only way he keeps his job is... You're right about changing of the guard. I'm a little bit not nicer about that, uh, admittedly. I, I think Fair enough. if if he builds a roster that is able to work a, with Antoine Davis and by themselves, you could maybe see an extension. I'm thinking like two years, maybe maximum. But without Antoine, a lot of the flash of Detroit Mercy is gone. So... You know, it's just a question of what you do from there. All right, I'm going to be honest. I think the last time they won a regular season title was probably when it was the MidCon. <laughs> Ooh. 
but Detroit Mercy was never in the Midcon. Or the sorry, Midwest Collegiate Conference. The MCC. Yeah, West. whatever. You're probably yeah. right. It's been that. Yeah, it probably has been. It's it's been that long, probably. Uh, they went twelve and two with Perry Watson as coach in 1999. Cool. There we go. I'm I'm assuming they won the conference at twelve and two. Presumably, <laughs> yes. I think you might. I think you're right. I think you're right. <laughs> All right. Oh, so, so speaking of teams that gotta get uh, teams that need to, uh, so. So I want to move on to Robert Morris. Um, Robert Morris is interesting because they it seemed like they couldn't get things going at the beginning of the season, so it really messed them up for the rest of the year. I mean, when you got, like, so many guys that are just immediately hitting the transfer portal before you even get out at the end of the semester, that's going to be a problem. Yeah. Um, and second year in a row that's happened, too, because actually it was this, it's actually worse this season because – uh, Flavors left, uh, Rasheem Dunn left, and Matteo Kunzo left all before the semester was done. So I'm like, what the hell? Is yeah, going whereas on? Um, two years ago, Brahma left right at the tail end of the year. Like yeah. they had already had their season play out. But, um, so the thing with them, um, but it's amazing because you haven't, you have a real good, you have a real core there. Because you got a guy like, you know, Khalil Spear, who's obviously, um, one of our guys, you know, one of our all-league picks. You have a Michael Green the third who's been there. You got a Enoch Cheeks. You got Matt Mayers. Those guys are coming in. And then, realistically, you have to look at some of the guys that all the additional guys you bring in because, you know, I know when Scott, I know Scott Meyer did the uh, did our preview for him. He's really high on T.J. Wainwright, um, out of L.A. So we may see him a little bit. That should be something. Um, yeah, um, they're kind of in an interesting spot. They're almost slightly behind where Purdue Fort Wayne was the year before. Do I think that necessarily translates to them being this year's, you know, big jump up the standings team? No, but they're a bottom half of the league team with continuity. This trip. Which is a lot more than anybody else can say, specifically looking at you, Green Bay. <laughs> yeah, I, I want to. So, yeah, I think they're they're in that spot. Um, and Cleveland State's in that spot. We're not going to talk about them ne- next. We're going to talk about Milwaukee next because we have them projected to finish eighth. Uh, I gotta ask about this one because it's. We got Bart Lundy that's coming in. They basically just, he basically, the, the entire roster basically blew up. I think you only have like, what, Marquis Browning and uh, Vin Baker Jr. Vin Baker Jr. and Bulbul. Uh, one Bulbul. I, oh, Bulbul, yeah. yeah. No, not Bulbul. God, not Bulbul. I, God yeah. I wish. wish they, you wish you had Bulbul. Yeah, uh, Moses sorry. Bull. I keep doing that. Moses Bull. Moses Bull. <laughs> Um, and we didn't see a lot of Moses Bowl at all last season. No. Uh, and to be – so. I personally did not have them this high. And, I think I might have – A um, Where I like them, I think they have some nice pieces in the post, which most of the league really doesn't. Um <laughs> But who's going to get those pieces the ball? Because they don't really have a, a, you know, someone who's demonstrated point guard skills. They're 
That's what's um, going to kill him because you don't have a Don Manubi or an Emmanuel Newsom anymore. They're both gone. They are a wild card team, just like every other year. <laughs> um, there's a situation where, like, my thought is if the returning guys, Browning and uh, Baker and Bull, are playing big minutes, I think they're going to be, you know, really struggle. Um, I know Coach Lundy's very high on Angelo Stewart. I kind of want to see it. Uh, he's another guy who was out here. He was at Seattle in the WAC for a year. Didn't really do much um, two years ago. So you also have Jordan Ratliff, uh, so who I'm sure that uh, from UNC Pembroke. So yeah, I, I think team, I'm sure that Bart Lundy is very familiar with. Yeah, um, I think he averaged about 15, was kind of, you know, also that six foot or sub six foot, you know, lead guard, I would say, where he had the ball in his hands. He's not necessarily passing it around all that much or all that effectively, uh, about as many assists as turnovers. They have a few of those guys. Um but I like a lot of the individual pieces. I think they have good size in general. They don't really have a point guard. Um, and then if if I'm totally wrong on all these projections and, you know, Vin Baker Jr. is out there trying to score 20, I think they're going to be very bad. Whereas if, you know, Baker and Browning are not really playing bigger roles than last year. They could be a lot better. Because one thing I'll say, um, back when he initially took the high point job over a decade ago, uh, Bart Lundy, high point had just moved up to D1 a couple of years earlier. Lundy won, had a winning record his first year, had a winning record his second year on a team that had had four straight losing records. Um, I think he can coach. It's can he get all of these pieces to mesh right out of the gate? And can he do it without a point guard? I don't um, know. It doesn't yeah. see. I think I think the point guard part of this is going to come next year. I don't think it's going to come this year. No. Yeah. I don't see it. Unless uh, Brian Taylor is, you know, going to take after his family and be ready to go. Day one. Which would be nice, I'm sure. <laughs> Six foot four point guard just to really rub it in on everyone. That would be something. That really would be something. Um, so, yeah, that's going to be. But, man, yeah, I, I, I think this is going to be. Yeah, I think I had them projected. I think I personally had them. I voted for them to finish ninth, which, by the way, is in line with what the Almanac said. I, me and, him, me and them are on the same page. Um, we got them eighth, so not a big jump. But yeah, there's there's gonna a lot of the, a lot of the pieces they have right now. It's good. There's gonna be a lot of questions in terms of how that's gonna come into play and how that's gonna mesh. I think this year, I think is more of a transitional year. Which is fine. I mean, you know, that, you know, at least, at least, you know, the, 
you know, given what given what you were supposed to do last season. Yeah, and I'll be honest. Um, these last couple games have kind of put a ding in my argument, but um, after Pat Baldwin Jr. missed summer league, and then he came out, and he's actually knocking down shots against NBA players. I yeah. think we can safely conclude he was hurt. Like seems to be that's the case. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. I mean, I don't. Couple I mean, back I, mean I don't think there. the Golden. I think the. I don't think the Golden State Warriors, uh, a team that's a perennial, you know, NBA champion, uh, NBA championship candidate, uh, you know, pick, is going to you know take that big a flyer on Pat Baldwin Jr. If they don't think he's not there's some, there weren't wasn't something completely wrong with him to begin with. Yeah, and I mean, he wasn't sitting out so they could hide their first round pick. If they do what they did last year their fans will be happy. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. All right. So now comes the fun part where I get to talk about Cleveland State. <laughs> Why did we pick them ninth? How did that happen? Um, I don't think anybody – I don't think any – I picked them sixth. I know at least one or two people picked them last. I don't know how that I, happened. Come on, guys. I Kill picked them here. ninth. Um, so I think with that – I mean, it's – it's turnover and it's an unknown as head coach. Did yeah. you just hire, you know, Pat Baldwin Sr., Will Ryan, or did you get Dennis Gates? Dennis Gates, the sequel, yeah. <laughs> um, if you got Dennis Gates, the sequel, we're done here. Like, yeah, we're go. way off. So the one thing that gives me pause, and this is, again, also the reason that I picked them sixth as I did, um, is that in, this is not this is not the same situation as three years ago, as we all well know what happened three years ago. Yeah, <laughs> is um, yeah we had a situation where basically it was a, it was a train wreck, and Dennis Gates had to come in to clean it all up, and he did it in very you know very quick fashion one two. Won two regular season titles right off the bat. Got to the tournament, and I didn't think that was ever. I didn't think that was going to happen. Um, at least not in the near term. Now you have the cupboard isn't bare, but at least in the very least. So you have obviously you have uh, Spider Johnson, who we picked as an all league guy, and I I really do think he's he's going to be the unless you know somebody else comes out of uh, this otherwise. I think he's my pick for. Uh, He's still my pick for uh, defensive player of the year. So you still yeah, have he, him. Oh, sorry. You also still have Deshaun Parker, who's probably going to be running point next year, this season. You have Yael Hill, who was the sixth man last season, and then you have Jason Woodridge, who you know was there was their sharpshooter, who's probably going to come off the bench this season too. Plus, you have Cole Middleton, who we didn't see at all last season, and I know we've talked. I, I know I talked about this a couple of times. But there were certain circles who were thinking that he was going to play last season and had him as a freshman to watch. Big key for these guys, for the for Cleveland State, it's going to be Tristan. I keep talking that guy up, and I'm not going to shut up about him either. <laughs> yeah, it's I think. Who, so this Enterin is a guy who is familiar who. Who, who Daniel Robinson is is familiar with because he came from I uh, came from Iowa State. He's a former Kansas guy. He didn't get a lot of run up in up in the Big Twelve. I think he gets a lot more run now. And I think he's definitely going to be the guy that we're that Cleveland State absolutely needs to produce. 
Yeah, I I I would agree with that. Um, Woodridge hasn't quite had his. My thing is, you know, who's going to score and how are they going to score? Yeah. If it's Anaruna and he's scoring efficiently, that's one thing. If it's you know Drew Louder and he's scoring the way that he has at his first two stops, I don't necessarily know that it leads to a ton of wins. He kind of wasn't the most efficient at Eastern Michigan and Holy Cross. Um, if it is, you know, Woodrich for his reputation as a shooter, hasn't quite been a consistent three point shooter, though he is still scoring. Um, I'm not sure I see spider taking it upon himself to be the number one guy. And that's why I wasn't, um, I don't as necessarily- him. Yeah, um, I don't necessarily see him as the number one scorer on the team, but I do see him being one of the top contributors. Yeah, I mean, kind of like a. He will definitely. You know, I think. He, I think uh, he, unless, unless, uh, I think he will definitely lead the team in rebounding. Yeah, uh, potentially like an Oladapo role at Oakland a couple of years ago. Exactly. Where he's, you know, not the focal point of the offense, but he's going to get his because, I mean, if, if Drew Louder is the leading uh, scorer. There's going to be rebounds available. Sorry, <laughs> I didn't know, say that. I don't see, but that's but that's the thing though, because I don't know the way this is. It's because we're I think we're so messed up because we had like, you know, we had uh, Dennis Gates with you know, 19 million people on the bench and obviously <laughs> don't have that this season. And the one thing that I look at, and I don't know if Drew Louder gets as I I think. Given the way the lineup is set up, I don't think Drew Louder is going to get. I think he's gonna, you know, he'll he gets. He, I think he gets a quick hook if he starts, you know, getting, you know, starts shooting it, you know. Swinging yeah, and that's where the unknown of the coach is. He gonna have it in him to be like, nope, nope, right yeah. from day one, and you know. And in addition, we still have no idea. We don't know what we don't know what we still. The X factor here, also in addition to Anaruna, is what we what we're gonna get out of Cole Middleton. We still yeah. haven't seen him yet, and I'm looking forward to seeing him. I was looking forward to seeing him all last season. And I wasn't <laughs> the only one. I know at least a couple of people were bugging Alex, like, "When are we gonna see Cole Middleton? When are we gonna see Cole Middleton?" Because <laughs> he got redshirted. Right. That makes sense too, because there's a you know again they had a million people on the bench, and he was never gonna get any playing time. Yeah. I think that's going to be another big part of this is because we're going to see the dynamic from the Dennis Gates era where you he basically just killed you with attrition, where it's going to be, I think, a little bit more methodical with Daniel Robinson because he's not going to, pull, he's not going to go 12 deep, I don't think. I don't think he's going to go 12 deep. <laughs> Who knows? You never know. But yeah, I don't think... I think this is. I think this is. I think this team is better than the ninth place we put them. I do. And yeah, and I personally did have them higher as well. Uh, yeah, it, it's it's difficult because we don't have anyone who put them as low as they finished or lower. Yeah. So. So let's go ahead and rip. Uh, let's go ahead and talk about Green Bay now. Okay. Um. I think we talked in the first episode. We talked about the fact that they only have three guys. They only have three guys that played. They're coming back: uh, Cade Meyer and 
Randy Tucker and Nate Jenkins, and Meyer and Jenkins are probably going to be the only starters from last season that they bring back. I think Randy Tucker didn't play all that much last season. No. I think it's I think it kills them that they don't have that the, some of the pe- some of the guys that transferred killed them absolutely yeah. killed them. Losing oh yeah, Manny, yeah. I mean, losing Manny Hansoff was killer. Losing Kamari McGee was killer. They both, moved, ironically, they both moved to the Power Five teams. So. I yeah. tried to watch Green Bay last season to see, like, uh, essentially just more about that team because I was trying yeah. to learn more about the teams and things like that, and. It made me sad that the only person that excited me on the floor was Kamari McGee. Now he's entirely gone. He's at Wisconsin. Yeah. So, you know, you, you've got Will Ryan, who's coaching this team that essentially had its guts ripped out. And none of the transfers have particularly excited. Well, I, I maybe that's a bit unfair. There's a couple. Um, yeah, I know. It sounds like from talking to Maddie Cox that the coaches are excited about Brock Hefner from Hawaii. He was actually initially committed yeah. to IUPUI uh-huh. um, and then kind of blew up and then went to Hawaii and redshirted. So don't exactly know what we got there, but there's some hype behind it. Um, so the other two that I'm looking at are Davin Ziegler. Um of course, I'm going to talk about Davin Ziegler. <laughs> oh, but, I mean, a guy from – so he started at Bowling Green and then uh, spent last season at Indian Hills. Um, so I think he's I think he's going to be an immediate contributor for them, uh, for Green Bay. And then Clarence Cummings uh, from State College of Florida. I think he's yeah. going to be the other guy. Um, we didn't see a lot of Braden. Braden Daly was actually on the. I think he was on this roster last season, but we didn't see him all last season. So um, he's going to be another guy that we see. We need to see. And then, of course, there's Donovan Short. And apparently, there's a debate as to whether or not we're going to see a lot of him or not. <laughs> yeah, which is definitely interesting. Um, which, is, which is weird, considering you know how much how much he's got behind him. Borderline uh, Kamari McGee hype, and yeah. It's like, eh, he might just be a, you know, second big off the bench. Ooh. He might be a dude. No, that's that is definitely not what we thought. <laughs> that is definitely not what we were. Yeah, this is definitely not a thing that we were thinking was going to happen. Um, especially considering when you consider he's a six ten kid. Uh, obviously, he's got some size. Obviously, he's got a, he's got a shooting range. He can shoot. So I don't know why exactly you would probably do that. I, I don't understand, you know. I'm, I, I personally am expecting to see a lot more of him this year. I am. Man, it's, it, yeah, it's, it's really hard to kind of get your hands around this team. I yeah, I, I think I kind of mentioned with Milwaukee that I liked some of their bigs, but I wasn't sure who was going to get them the ball. And it is very much the same thing with Green Bay. I mean, it, is it going to be, I mean, I don't know. Um. <laughs> I, I think I, the offense is, uh, let's be, I think at this point in time, it seems to me the offense is going to revolve around Cade Meyer, basically. Yeah. And right. It has to, yeah. because he's the only, he's really the, uh, and occasionally Nate Jenkins. 
So um, if Nate Jenkins, if he's got his three-point shot on, he's great. If he's not, then it gets really, you know, it's really sketchy. So that's kind of where they're sitting. That's where they're sitting. That a lot of unknowns. We're not really sure what they're getting. Yeah, not and un, not unlike IUPUI. Yeah, and before we get there, yeah. they do kind of have the same thing going on. I know when we initially talked to, um, uh, sorry, when we initially talked to Matt Crenshaw, he mentioned that one of the things he wanted to do was essentially, um, with everyone hitting the portal so hard try and go find the freshmen that were ready to go right away. And yes. it does seem like Green Bay is kind of going that route as well. They're going to be a very young team this year. Yes, they are. Um, that is true. And, by the way, shout out to Jim Saro for jumping in to do that preview, by the way. Yeah, for sure. Thanks, Jim. Um, and, and the issue you run into with that is Kamari McGee has a great freshman year. Now he's at Wisconsin, not just a Big Ten team, typically one of the better teams in the Big Ten. Um, we can segue into IUPUI. Chuksisi Tua, he's a big guy. Yeah. He has a decent freshman year. He shows some things. Now he's off to the Mountain West. He's playing at Fresno. Um, yes, the, I'm going to miss Chuksisi Tua, by the way. I really am. Yeah. I'm going to miss all those guys, but, you know. Yeah, so the portal kind of trying to, you know, zig when everyone else zags and going for the freshman. It's not a bad plan. You're getting good players. Can you keep them four years? And that is really what remains to be seen. So um, to your and point, can you develop but, them? Yeah, yeah. So to your point, um, to your point about what uh, Matt Crenshaw said, he absolutely did the "I'm going to get a bunch of freshmen on this team" thing. I think he's got six freshmen yep. on this team right now. But yeah, he also um, the. Now, mine. Now, as I mentioned multiple times, and I'm not going to shut up about them. Uh, the Gerard twins. I'm looking forward to specifically Ahmad. Uh, definitely looking forward to seeing him. Um, as far as, but he did bring in a couple of other players. He brought in Bryce Monroe. Monroe. I think I messed up and called him Bryce McBride last episode. Sorry about that. Yeah. Uh, from from San Diego. He's probably going to be. You know, he he was he was the he was so. Freshman of the year in the gosh, conference realignment has me all messed up. I think they apparently didn't. they were he was originally in the Southland, Southland and then somehow yeah. ended up in San Diego. <laughs> he transferred after his freshman of the year. He was starting at San Diego, got injured, um, back injury. He's yeah. not a big, but a back injury when you play a sport where you have to jump a lot doesn't sound fun. No. Um, so that is definitely something to watch and something I'm a little, if he's ready to go, I think he'll be their guy who at the very least kind of, um, you know, their leading scorer, their. Well, you, you, uh, you immediately were going to have a new leading scorer with them. Right, right. <laughs> um, um, without a doubt. Uh, the other thing too uh, with them, yeah, it, it's going to be a lo- we're going to we're going to spend a lot of time trying to figure out who's who, just because. Um, definitely, and they're so 
again, this is like a team that only has like maybe two or three seniors. Two or three seniors, that's it. Um, they obviously have Jonah Carrasco, who's back this year. Um, I think they'll, fortunately, I think they'll have him at the four as opposed to the five where they had him last year, where he was, you know, obviously you know, pretty outsized a lot of the time, then gets hurt, which is, which is even worse. Um, and then, of course, you have the, uh, you have Zach Gunn, who we thought we were going to see last season, but didn't get to see him last season because he got hurt before the season started. And then you have the Northern Illinois transfer, Chris Austin, who I think will be there, I think he'll be the five. And then, so yeah, you have Austin, Carrasco, and Gunn. Those are the more senior guys. And then you have Johnny Agbuda, the, the, and then the rest of them are like freshmen and sophomores. I mean, seriously, yeah. it is, this is probably the, the you know, when we talk about youth, IUPUI is probably going to have the youngest team on, in, in the conference, period, and it's not even close. <laughs> and it makes sense. And, and they're, and they're going to, and they're, I mean, let's be honest, they're going to struggle. Because it's going to be a lot of inexperience. It's going to be a lot of adjustment to the D1 game, especially when you have so many JUCO transfers who haven't played D1 before, have a lot of freshmen. It's going to be a, it's going to be an experience for them. Yeah, are and they that the is, worst team in basketball? No. Yeah, I I do think they're going to be no, better than last year. Um, yeah, right. We mentioned last episode that they were. Projected to finish last on Ken Palm. I think they should be able to dig them their way out of that. Although, I mean, obviously there's a bunch of question marks. Um, trading out Bryce Monroe for or BJ Maxwell for Bryce Monroe for me, it could very well end up being, you know, a neutral or even better than that exchange if Monroe is healthy. Um, and then beyond that, you mentioned they had six freshmen. That's as many players as they had last year. So they have, exactly. you know. I think that's the other thing, too. That they have bodies. Didn't, yeah. You, didn't you see the, I don't think it was a fair. I think it wasn't really a fair assessment of IUPUI last season because they went almost a month with six guys. In fact, yeah. they spent most of the conference schedule with, what, probably seven guys. They didn't. They did not have that many players at all for the entire yeah, conference slate. <laughs> their team picture is wild this year. <laughs> yeah, two so, rows, fully stacked. I know, it's like two whole rows. Like, wow, what the heck happened here? Yeah, the, yeah. Matt Crenshaw. Yeah, they may not win that many games, but they are definitely not going to run out of players. That's for sure. <laughs> that is for sure. I think they're a lot better than they. I think they're going to be a lot better than they were last year because, again, last year was not. I mean, you can't make a fair assessment of a team that just, you know, that just just so ravaged by injury and people leaving and all that stuff. And it's, but I don't think they're, you know, I think it's going to be a struggle for them because they have so many new faces that it's going to be a lot to kind of get that all together to, you know, get themselves out of the bottom of this, get themselves out of the bottom. Yeah, and I almost think they have the opposite issue of a couple of the teams we've recently mentioned where, you know, I think they have their point guard. He is kind of a scoring forward point guard, but he he can still distribute it. Um, their bigs are kind of just guys to me. 
Yeah. Um, so I think they're going to be. I mean, yeah, with Austin, it's like this is like his third stop. He was at Northern Illinois, and then he was at, but he, and then he was at Arizona State. He was at Arizona State first, then went Northern Illinois. Now he's at IUPUI. Yeah, and it, he's not exactly a guy who lit it up, and Northern Illinois wasn't exactly an outstanding team. Yeah. So. But, you know, that's, yeah, I think, um, yeah, Buddha was the guy that I think Greg Eggenstraw mentioned about uh, during the media forum as a guy to watch out for. The okay. Buddha, who's the, uh, who's the grad, uh, who's the uh, Juco guy. So that's the guy we'll probably be looking out for. He's a 6'6 guy, Albany Tech out of Georgia. I think that's where he was. Yeah. So that ought to be that ought to be something because I think he's jumped around to a couple of JUCOs now. He's at uh, so he'll be he'll probably be the guy we see next season. Okay, it's so interesting when we talk about IUPUI because we talk about IUPUI. I mentioned this in the first part. Uh, we talk about IUPUI with such optimism. I actually had IUPUI above Green Bay, so we look at IUPUI and we're like, we think that we're going to see a much better IUPUI this season because. A, they actually have members, and B, it there's a lot of upside to their freshman recruitment. But I believe, the, Bay, I, believe the, I believe the technical term is the bad news bears effect. <laughs> you might be right. We've watched. Yep. We've watched. It was the, so we've, bad. We've seen that... too many of these movies before. We've seen the Mighty Ducks. We've seen. We've seen the. Um, we've seen the bad news bears too many times that we that gives us. It gives us delusional hope at all times that uh, teams that are not are, who look not that great are not are going to do much better than they that they outperform their uh, what they look like on paper. And and funny enough, looking at IUPUI's schedule, uh, you know how we talked about like non-conference is going to be super important for everybody yeah. else. I think the actual test for IUPUI is going to be their first two matchups at Milwaukee yeah. and Green Bay in the Horizon. Uh, yeah because they need to show that they can keep up with Horizon League competition. Yes. Their non-conference is a bit... It, it's either they're getting gobsmacked by Iowa State and Drake, or they're beating up... Uh, they beat up one Franklin team College left. and Spalding sorry, University. They, I'm sorry, they, they beat... <laughs> no, I'm, they, yeah, they did only won three games last season. That's yeah. I just thought of and one of them was Robert Morris, by the way. Like, like, they with, do, with, with, with uh, schools or something like NAI. And... Yeah, with Spalding, by the way, is getting returned uh, to uh, to IUPUI this year. So there you go. <laughs> um, yeah, also, uh, also, uh, also, also, uh, John. I know you. This is of some intrigue to you, I'm sure, that IUPUI is actually going up to uh, uh, to Chicago State next season. Oh, I was going to talk about that. <laughs> well, I wonder why. <laughs> Do we really want to do a tipsy off a week into the season, though? No, I do. I'm, I'm good. You know what? You guys do what you want to do. I am not. Yeah. I'm not I, I'm going to. I'm going to do exactly what I did the last time and just watch you guys. Yeah. I don't. Ooh. Last time I was dripping pineapple juice because I had the wisdom teeth surgery. So oh, this time it'll just be actual fun. I thought of that. Yeah. I was just sitting there, like looking at it, like holy crap. We could just wait for that start of league play. We could do that. <laughs> I, we, I mean you. <laughs> Get that under the belt. See how everything's going. Yeah. So, all right. So, um, before we go, we want to before we go, we want to talk about the all league. Obviously, no brainer. Yep. Obviously, we talked about uh, we talked about Antoine uh, as our pick for player of the year. 
Uh, first team, I thought this was kind of a no-brainer for me, at least, with Antoine. Um, let's see here. Antoine, Jalen Moore, Dwayne Cohill. Why am I blanking on this? Marquise. <laughs> Marquise Warwick. Marquez, Marquez Warwick. And, Marquez, sorry. Yeah, and... And Jared Godfrey. Those are and so in the order that we have them in is Antoine Davis, Jalen Moore, Jared Godfrey, Dwayne Cohill, Mark Westmore. Second team was Rocket Watts, uh, Amari Davis, Khalil Spear, Trey Calvin, and Sam Vincent. And then our third team was Jamie Chonqui, Trey Townsend, Trayvon Faulkner, Spider Johnson, and Chris Brandon. By the way, I I actually on my third team I actually had Tristan and Arena and Cade uh, Meyer. Neither have made it. I'm sad. Yeah. And I'll be honest. Um, okay, so first team I think is. I think it's rock well, solid. I thought. Yeah. Barring I, injury. Yeah. yeah. There is a significant gap between the first team and the second team. Sure. There is a significant gap between the second team and the third team, and an especially significant gap between the last guy, Sam Vincent, on the third or second team, and then most of. Uh, the third team. Chonqui was kind of close. Um, sure. Things, uh, those first two teams played out pretty consistently. Um, and if it's like last year, the Horizon League's going to wimp out and not put out a third team again. I don't blame them. That third team was, that, I'm sure that third it's team difficult. Was, yeah, and, and that's yeah. kind of what I'm, um, that is where the newcomers become the way our picks played out, mm-hmm. I think, I mean, Milwaukee finishing four from the bottom would have an all-league player. I don't think they're going to be a team where, you know, you necessarily have, I know they've occasionally had teams, this is way back during the Rob Jeter era. God, I hate that I have to call that way back. I'm so <laughs> old. Um, but they would have teams where everyone averaged between 13 and eight points and they'd have like eight guys doing that. So no one would stand out enough to be all league. I'm not sure you're going to have that this year. Yeah. Um, I, I do think there are a couple guys I'm very high on. Um, Ahmad Rand, if he can stay on the court is going to be the big thing. Yeah. Um, he was on a terrible Oregon state team. The metrics still liked him offensively and defensively. Um, even though he was essentially on a mid-major team playing in the Pac-12. Um, he just fouled too much. And there's probably, was, by the um, way, there's probably going to be a Detroit Mercy guy that we missed. I'm sure there will be. Just like there <laughs> always seems to be. Maybe, yeah. Um, and, and that is the thing. If there's a second Detroit Mercy player, it is almost definitely going to be someone who was not on the team last year. Um, am I going to talk myself into writing the newcomers article again? You know I, what? I, we're gonna we're gonna stop now so we can don't have to worry about talking yourselves into that. So, <laughs> <laughs> all right. So that's gonna wrap it up for us. Uh, second part of this, uh, as always, an outstanding, uh, outstanding two parter that we absolutely positively had to do because uh, you know one episode is just not enough on these things. So Blake, John, thank you again for joining us next week. Uh, Next week, I get to talk to Matt about because uh, he's going to be he's actually going to be at the exhibition for Oakland and Grand Valley State. So I want to talk to him about that. And undoubtedly, the 
Horizon League will have their picks out, so we can talk about that too. So until uh, then, HorizonRoundtable.com. If you've not read any of the articles from Preview Week, go ahead and do so. We've mentioned a lot of them, so go ahead and you definitely want to do that. Uh, you can pull us up uh, wherever podcasts are found. You can pull us up on your Amazon or Google devices. So until next time, thank you all for listening.